Welcome into Sky Sport and the conversation as we continue our look at Super Rugby Aotearoa with our pre-season coaches catch up and it is a pleasure to have the Blues coach Leon McDonald, Leon McDonald joining myself, Ricky Swanell and Joe Wheeler. We're off to a flying start, I can't say my name. <laughs> so we're just going to let you two guys talk about how good it is in Marlborough. Yes, yes, please, do. There you go, yeah. where you go? Well Leon, you're a Marlborough boy, um, also known as Rangi. Talk to me about Rangi, like how did you get Rangi? Rangi. Rangi. Yeah, yeah, well, Marlborough people will oh, pronounce okay, it. Right. Rangi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get asked it a lot, actually. I um, I played a lot of cricket as a youngster. Um, as you do in Blenheim, you play rugby and cricket. And um, I think parents got me the um, shoes from some second-hand shop. They didn't fit my feet properly, <laughs> and I'd get blisters. And we, Marlborough spent a lot of time in the field, generally. And um, <laughs> second day of a tournament, I had blisters, so I did my warm-up in bare feet. And I had a lot more hair back then. And... Um, at the time, they said I was um, the Māori boy because obviously uh, got a bit of Māori heritage, bare feet, running around with long hair in the warm-ups, and they started calling me Rangi off Footrot Flats. So, oh, so if you go right back to Footrot Flats, flats are, are come from there. When you say a lot, lot more hair, are we talking, like, you got long, Yeah, I had, I had a mullet because that's sort of how we rolled back yep. then. And, um, it's still, they still, we yeah. still roll like that in oh, okay. Māori. Yeah. There's still mullets yeah. going on now, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I pulled it off. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, you must have pulled it off because, let's be honest, you managed to um, find the love of your life at a tender age, or her tender age of 16. Yes. And Hayley, everyone that knows Hayley, you're obviously well down the wicket in cricketing terms, um, batting well out, out of your <laughs> crease. How did that come about, the, the, the relationship there, another Marlborough girl? Um, just like a, the usual, you sort of like you go to a party, I suppose, and <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday night, and um, obviously she liked the look of me. <laughs> what, the mullet or you? The mullet, no, I don't know, I might not have had the mullet then. Um, no, it was good, we, we did meet pretty young, she was 16, and I was, might have been 16 or 17, so um, we've got our 20th wedding anniversary this wow. year. So oh, we were going to go. I was telling her we were going to go through Europe, France, it brings oh. all sorts of places, but COVID <laughs> stopped that. So I'm thinking maybe Waiheke Island. <laughs> yeah, nice. Plan B. Yeah, that's not a bad plan B. Yeah. That must be uh, to, to have someone like that in your life with and for kids um, when you do what you do. She must be, look, I think it was shout out to Hayley, she must be an incredible woman oh, yeah, to take is. on all of that as well. She is. She's pretty awesome. Um, look, we've grown up together. Um, She's seen, you know, I missed out on teams when I was younger, you know, I missed out on New Zealand schools and she was there. So that's how far back we're going. So um, the whole roller coaster ride selections, my first contract, we both shifted to Christchurch together and, and got our first flat. And, and then, um, yeah, four kids later, you know, she was there through the tough times, those, those weeks where you're getting um, some stick in the media through performances or losses, you know, end of World Cups when we didn't win. And she sort of sits there true and, and loyal and, and um, yeah, 20 years on, marriage later, you know, it's 25 years together, 20 years later, marriage, we're yeah. going strong. And she sort of, just, you know, she rides the seasons. Um, she just said, oh my gosh, we're about to play another season. <laughs> another season. So she feels that, you know, because yeah. she's sort of the person that picks up the pieces or, or, or holds the brave face when, when times are tough in the family house because they've got kids as well. So she's, she tries to be that, that um, the, the rock solid person to make sure everything's all okay. I want to talk about your kids. So you, you started your family quite young with Harry when well, I think it was 2000 or something like that maybe. And well, he's now at university um, <laughs> as a 20 year old running amok. Um, but that journey actually was the start of your all black journey as well, or the, you know, the, the beginnings of your going deep into your professional rugby career. That must have been a bit of a whirlwind or, or a roller coaster ride for not only 
you living out your dream, but also starting um, the other phase of your life, your, your family. Yeah, yeah. Well, 2000 was a big year. We got married that year. Um, had Harry at the start of the year, so timing was slightly out. But um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Catholic girl from Marlborough. Yeah, hasn't worked that out. He's like John, he's like John Snow, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was a big year 2000. It seems like a long time ago now. I've got named the All Blacks and had Harry and um, yeah, and he's at university now and um, taking off. And it's got awesome to see. You know, he's he's into his rugby place for the Old Boys Club in Christchurch, the Polar Bears, and he loves that. And good good club there and um, and and um, studying at university, Canterbury University. So they get up to they have a great time. You know, I missed out on university life, so I was sort of seeing what. It could look like if it, if uh, rugby didn't take hold, but yeah. It's, it's all right, Harry. C's get degrees, mate. You're all good. <laughs> don't, 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 don't you worry. <laughs> with that, with having the kids though too, were you and Haley mindful of maybe protecting them a little bit from criticism or, or difficult times, and especially and as a coach now too? Is that something you guys have been aware of? Yeah, look, they they, they still hear stuff and cop stuff and read stuff now, um, and I, it definitely gets easier when you get older. Um, I've <laughs> had it now for a long time so it's a little bit of a it's okay for me but I feel for the kids because they read everything and take it personally and um, I think the best thing I can do is just keep reminding them that it's um, it's not that important you know what what um, you got to realize that a lot of people will say stuff behind a keyboard and it's really easy for them to say stuff and a lot of them haven't um, had to venture out and put their head above water like that and, and put themselves in those sort of positions so they're understanding that but it's, it's still the comments in the playground and that is difficult for kids but it's also good for them to learn a little bit around you know how important you know you think before you type because mm -hmm. it's a lot because people don't you know yep, so they've absolutely. learned they've seen the other side so I'm hoping that you know that they're, they're probably a bit more responsible with when they make comments and, and it does affect people. In terms of your rugby career, Ang, um, obviously started in Marlborough for the mighty Red Devils and you won a Division Three title with them and then transitioned as a young man still down to, to Canterbury, the big smoke. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about how that came about? Because I know there were some significant influences in, in the Marlborough community that helped uh, make that happen or um, enabled that to happen. Yeah, look... Um... <coughs> I was playing for Marlborough at a pretty young age. I think I was 16 when I first played, and um, and I was living the dream. I love Marlborough. Growing up in Marlborough, I love playing for the Red Devils. I used to watch the Red Devils, um, you know, as a kid every single weekend. So really happy. And um, we played a game over in, in Wellington, a pre uh, curtain raiser to Wellington. Um, I was playing. We we're playing Horrifanoa. And um, after the game, a guy, Frank Walker, was the coach of Wellington. Made contact. He watched me play in the pre um, the warm up game, the curtain raiser, and. Um, he offered me a contract to go to Wellington, and at the time, you know, I didn't even think about moving away from Blenheim. So, I spoke to my trusty old uh, mentor in Kieran Kane, who was my coach at the time, school teacher, um, and he just said, "Hold fire!" And he, he rang up um, Wayne Smith, who was down in Christchurch, and said, "Jump on a come, jump in the car, come and watch Marlborough play next week." So Smithy drove up to Blenheim and watched me play the following week, and in. So I ended up having a decision between Christchurch and Wellington and, and Christchurch just seemed a, um, a better fit for me um, for some reason, I don't know why. And so it was one of those swinging door moments where you just wonder what if, you know, yeah. Cully, Cully was only sort of you know, moments away from, from playing for Wellington so I could easily have not played a lot of rugby um, there and, and um, yeah, obviously um, had a great time in Christchurch, uh, learnt a lot from some very good coaches, lucky to be 
coached under Robbie Deans and Wayne Smith and, and Steve Hanson and um, had some great administrators um, there as well. Um, so, yeah, very fortunate that I made the right decision based on some good advice from um, Kieran Kane. Well, you've, you both have had... Kieran Kane's had a lot of influence on both of you. Um, probably to <laughs> belie the, the, the gruff of series. Yeah, yeah, what is it? A couple of mutton yeah, heads. Yeah, a couple of mutton heads. Yeah, no, he has had a massive influence on both of us. But I think for you, Rangy, like it, it would have been really special because you sort of went, you went down to Canterbury. Obviously, we you became an all black, an all black great and a Crusader great. But then full circle, you your career got cut short with with injury, and then you you go full circle and you're back with Kieran Kane again, uh, coaching me with him at, at the Tasman Marco. That must have been quite surreal. Uh, yeah, it was surreal, but it was sort of, it felt like it meant to be. Like, I sort of sat there when I was in Christchurch going, man, I'm not going to play rugby anymore. And um, Sh uh, Shane Drummond, who's sort of a, a pretty key figure down in um, Nelson and the Tasman Marcos, has been a big influence here. He sort of rang me up and said, look, what are you going to do now? And so I ended up thinking about it and um, spoke to KK and I thought, man, it just seems to fit to be able to go home and give back to... Um, to Marlborough again and start again in a new career. So it, it sort of, they did it, um, you know, Marlborough got me underway with three years for the Red Devils before I, I went to Christchurch and, and so forth. And then I sort of thought, and ended up being nine years with Tasman, um, four years under KK. And um, it sort of got my next stage of my life, which was rugby coaching underway. And, um, you know, the same sort of grounding, humble little town, proud, um, fight above their weight, scrap, you know, and fight. And, and those principles or, or um, values sort of hold true to, to what I try and coach now, you know, in the big smoke in Auckland. So, um, yeah, very grateful of that pathway and very lucky, I suppose, that, again, my timing was right with KK being at the right place at the right time for me. Had you had any sort of idea that you wanted a coach as you were getting into those later stages of your career? I guess <coughs> because of the way it ended, perhaps, yeah. it was more abrupt than you might have imagined. Yeah, look, I had a feeling I probably would end up coaching in some capacity. I was always a part of the strategy groups and um, um, I probably looked at footage a bit more than most players because I was a bit of a rugby nerd. I watched most of the games in the weekend, even though we weren't playing it, most of the other guys were, um, were doing other things, had a life. Um, <laughs> So I sort of had a feeling that I was going to end up that way. Um, I got told by Robbie Deans I was always going to be a coach, so I normally did what he told me to do anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I sort of go, oh, look, it'll be a gap full until I work it out, you know. Um, I don't know if I can do my whole life in rugby, but um, it's a bit of a drug for me. I, I get a real thrill um, in game days. You know, I get that sort of that, that adrenaline rush, and I love the challenge, and although sometimes it's really hard, um, those hard weeks are the ones that you know feel really good when you when you get it right. So um, it is in the blood. In terms of, I suppose that coaching journey, you spent so much time with Tasman. You must feel some immense pride. Obviously, gone back to back premiership champions. You're involved in a um, championship win, but from when you started, the battlers of the competition, sort of middle of the table, to then now being sort of the trendsetters of that competition, you must feel some um, real pride in, in that. Like I'm, I'm proud of the, the journey that we took with Tasman, uh, no doubt. We, um, you know, we scraped and scrapped and had all sorts of issues. We had no money. I remember one year the CEO come in and said, look, if we can have our lights off in your office, please, and um, make sure there's printing's always done in black and white and only print if it's necessary and there's no, no heat pump. You know, that's how diet was there for a while. So to have that sort of um, restrictions on you, um, I drove to Christchurch once to try to sign a player up and I had to pay for the petrol, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was a tough old gig for a while there. And, um, 
And but we had really good people, and and um, you know, like we had a good culture. Uh, had some fun guys who drove a lot of fun off the field, and we worked out how to work hard off the field to get success on it. So um, yeah, it, it was good fun. I want to talk about your Crusader journey now. You went down there just for a season under um, Razor, and then you just finished um, one year when you had another year to run on your contract. The reasons behind um, finishing up and then going back to to Blenheim again to be with um, your beloved Marco. Oh, look, there was, it was only actually a one year with the right to extend, so I wasn't cutting that short. So I just sort of make that clear. I didn't cut, walk out on the contract. Um, and the reason it was only a one plus one setup was because our kids were at school. Um, at the time, and we didn't weren't ready to shift them. Um, they were starting college, and, and it was sort of those important years at school. We would like to keep them settled in into secondary school. Um, and I also had this burning desire, really, to, to get my teeth into some head coaching because at some point, when um, I wanted to shift into Super Rugby, I wanted to have some head coaching experience behind me, um, so that if there was an opportunity to step up to, to a head coach, that I had that experience to do so. So there was a bit of a plan in place. Um, I would have loved to come back, but just the unsettled nature of the kids at school in Blenheim and, and shifting back and forth at the time wasn't quite right. So uh, we just held steady for another three years and, and um, as the kids got through their schooling and out the, the back end of it, it felt like the right time to, to make that shift to Super Rugby more permanently. Would you ever have in a million years expected it to be the Blues? Um, yes and no. No, not really. Like, because we grew up, you know, the Blues hated the Crusaders and the Crusaders exactly. hated the Blues. It's one of, one of New Zealand's best rivalries, um, you know. Um, but yeah, you've got to be realistic. Everybody changes um, teams, you know, generally, um, and it doesn't take long for your new team to become your new colours and become really passionate because you get to know the people um, and they, you start to care for them and, and you start building a, a bond as a team. And, and um, you know, walking through the, the doors for the first time at Blues HQ was a bit funny. You know, I didn't feel like I belonged there, but. <laughs> I'm really proud now to take people through there and it feels like home and, and um, there's a lot of familiar faces that, um, that make me feel really welcome there. So uh, it's been a good shift. Obviously, <coughs> um, moving to Auckland, you, you rented as soon as you got here. Was that just pure um, not so much confidence that you're going to last because there had been a bit of a turnstile of, uh, of coaches at, at the Blues? Yeah, there's a little bit of a wait and see approach. <laughs> I didn't want to be as gung-ho to go and buy a house. <laughs> Just wanted to see you know, how things went for a little while, which, um, which has been which is smart, obviously. <laughs> yeah. In terms of 2020, well, the Super Rugby Aotearoa, you, you must be really happy with the evolution of the Blues, like sort of a coming of age for the team in many respects. What were the sort of the, the areas of the game that changed to get that growth? Um, yeah, look, I felt that, that we made some good shifts last year, the year before, sorry, 2019. And um, although the scoreboard didn't reflect it, we... Um, <laughs> We, we were competing really well. We lost quite a few games close. And, and I think back to my time at Tasman, we had a year where we lost a lot of games close. And the next year we managed to start converting a few more and we pushed us up into playoffs. And um, and that was sort of, it felt the same here with this year. We were we were close last year, but we started to steal some games at the end. And um, just, you know, second year understanding the structures that we're bringing in, second year understanding expectations around preparation, um, just growing growing the squad and understanding each other how we play and a, a good settled core of players and um, I think second year with the coaching group being together we probably um, understood how we work better as well so just things started um, you know moving moving well I felt sometimes we played some good, really good rugby I thought um, probably our performance against the Highlanders down there before COVID hit 
Um, we strung some good rugby together and, and put them under the pump, and we, just, we were really, you know, for the Crusaders game, we were just sort of building up nicely. So um, definitely happy with the season. We've heard a lot about environments and, and how important that is to, to keep that growth and, and keep growing um, the team. I think in terms of the Blues environment, challenging, one, um, culturally, quite diverse across the board, and two, uh, geographically, really hard for a, a big city to get together like... Um, not as easily as say um, the Highlanders or the Crusaders. Um, how, how do you how, how do you approach that, and what what needs to change? Um, if you put the effort in and you want to hang out with each other, you can make it happen, or you can make an excuse and and, and not make it happen. And I think this year the guys invested in spending time together away from the field because ultimately you're going to go to battle together. So um, you know the more you know your your, your mate and your brother, the, the more you play for each other. And and I feel we've we made some really good progress here. This 2020, we've probably seen what we've all been waiting for for a while with mm. Akira Yuani. What are the step? What have the Blues done to to get him to be playing where he has fit for this season? Um, look, he was just firstly, he, I thought his performance was outstanding, and it was fantastic his last test that he played until he had to go off because mm. of the red card. He was in good nick. Um, what has the Blues done? Look, probably Akira's. Um, Decided personally to make make a change. I think he's um, you know well documented around some of his his uh, troubles and and, um, and tough times. And I think what we've provided is some really good support um, to him, um, a lot of encouragement, um, um, and and we've just sort of been there for him really to, to, as he worked his way through. And, and and when I say the Blues, I'm talking the players and the the club um, who care for him. And um, you know he's got a really close relationship with with Tana. And Tun has been, you know, a good mentor for him, and, and also Tom being the forwards coach. So, um, yeah, I think we're just we've been his other safe place. Obviously, he's got his home and his family, but he knows that rugby that um, he's well well respected and well accepted there. And, and um, the, the boys, he has they had his back, and and um, as he started making progress and, and his game started growing, you just see the confidence come, and and the way he's playing the game now, he just looks like he belongs at Test Test Rugby. 2021, uh, obviously you've lost Bowden for the year. He's um, gone over to fill his pockets with yen, as, as you did many a time. And, oh, hang uh, on a minute. <laughs> you're nowhere near it. <laughs> yeah, calling the kettle black. Eh? <laughs> yeah, right. anyway, anyway, it's not about me, it's no, about Leon. No, eh? Hey, you know, we know that. Um, uh, the 10-15 the, the split that you did um, last season with Altieri at 10 generally and Bodie at 15. Are you going to stick with Oates at 10 and then maybe a Stephen Perifeta or are you going to go Harry Plummer in those positions? What are you, What's your balance looking like in, in, uh, in that? Um, we, 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 we could. Um, I think it worked because there are a couple of things. You know, Bodie was new to the team. Oates was a form player. Bodie's been playing a lot of fullback. Bodie wasn't goal kicking at the time because he was re refigurating, refigurating, <laughs> re re realigning, re reconfiguring. Re reconfiguring. Oh, thank you. That'll do. Yeah. He, he was changing his kicking. <laughs> changing his kicking. <laughs> so he was playing Tweaking. around with his kicking technique yeah, and. Um, and um, it just took a bit of pressure off him because there was a lot of expectation and pressure on Bodie anyway, you know. So to, to step up into a new team, drive the game, um, pressure of the goal kicking on his shoulders, settling into a new city, mm. it was a nice fit. And the plan was always to give him to move him forward in the second half of the season, which we ended up, um, which we ended up doing. Um, 
So whether we do that again um, depends on the circumstances. Obviously, it's got to fit the team and, and the players. We're, we're lucky enough to have a really good pre-season period to, to see. We've got some young players that we've signed um, coming through. We've got a lot of potential. We've got a lot of. Um, uh, I'm pretty excited about some of our, our younger talent coming through at fullback in particular. Um, and you know, there's, a, there's going to be a good jostle for our ten jersey as well, with Oates being the incumbent and Harry Plummer driving Auckland really well this yeah. year. And Stephen Perifet, I thought. Um, you know, had a tough year with Taranaki, but his personal form was outstanding. So, yeah, it will depend on on who puts their hand up in pre-season, and, and um, but we do have that option definitely. How do you how do your players handle, particularly going into this season, a different kind of expectation for for so many years? The expectation of the Blues wasn't always that great, and now after what happened in Super Rugby Aotearoa, there are expectations. Huge crowds at Eden Park, and and people were thronging back. So particularly some of those younger ones who may be going into a second or third season, how do you expect them to handle those expectations? Yeah, look, it's different. Um, you know, it's something the Crusaders have done well, and something the All Blacks do very, very well is they um, they learn how to to push themselves throughout the week when they're favourites. You know, it's very easy. Uh, it's probably the easiest thing in sports is to be ridden off and be the underdog because nobody expects you to do well, yeah. so you've got nothing to lose. Um, whereas when there's the expectation to perform, um, that's different. So that's something that will be, um, you know, as a coaching group and leadership group, we, we have to we have to work that out ourselves really quickly. Um, but you know, we, we felt that even last year there was an expectation on us to win now. So we, we you know, it's not that foreign to us now. It looked like. They were taking a lot more responsibility in terms of the team's performance and the accountability around the way you were playing. Is that how you've sort of tried to grow that amongst that group? Yeah, look, it's it's been uh, um, it's been a growth area and it's still a growth area. Definitely, we we um, we've got a group of guys that are just really hungry to to be a part of a successful Blues team. And um, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to learn. Um, how to challenge each other in a way, and that's been hard work, um, especially with the, the the demographic of our group. Um, you know, it, it's not easy to, to to call your mate out. You know, and it is a skill that's hard. Um, you know, down south, it's the opposite way. You gotta, <laughs> hey, pull your jets, mate. Personal. Um, but you know, we're trying to find our way, you know, and we are finding our own way. We don't have to copy any other team. We just got to find the way that works for us. And I feel we're sort of starting to, to find that. And um, yeah, no, with, without Bodie there, he made a big difference. Without Dan Carter there, um, you know, there's some gaps to fill. But I think we're, we're making some good progress here. All right, type five, quick fire. I'm mildly concerned where this could go, but anyway, we'll leave leave you to yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep it PG. Um, <laughs> ring. A young Blues player that we've got to look out for in uh, 2020 that you're most excited about? Um, there's a couple. There's we've got quite a few. Um, yeah, one, just one. Just one. Yeah, okay. You're most excited about. Um, <laughs> I thought Sam Sullivan at fullback for Auckland was yeah, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Big. Have you signed him up yet? Yes, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's locked away. Okay, good. Yeah, um, ten, ten year contract. We can <laughs> we can get away. Uh, the Marlborough Sounds or Waiheke? <laughs> Marlborough Sounds. <laughs> Why, oh God! Can you get better than Blue Cod yeah. the Marlborough Sounds? Um, uh, tattoos. Do you, do you have um, a tattoo? Yeah, I do, but I'm not showing. And you. what of? I'm not showing you. you got, what, show is it, what is it? What is it? It's a, it's a little private one, thanks, Joey. And what, what's it of, though? What's it of? Just keep it at that. <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you a picture. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was just going to ask where it is. And now, no, I don't think we need to go there. <laughs> Carry on. Um, 
who's who's your who's your personal little um, player favourite? Like I know I was when you're at the Tasman Marco, but who's your who's your little fave in the Blues? Um, oh, look, this is going to set me up for a whole year of absolute disaster. <laughs> and the poor kid's going to be caught son of, and that's no good either. So um, I, I, I'm going to try and avoid that one. <laughs> oh no, oh, you've got it. Everyone's given it. Everyone's done it. Everyone's done it. Do you want to know who, who they answered? Who? So Razor was um, the Colonel. Tom Sanders, yeah. Um, and Jace, uh, Jace Nani. was Nani. Really? Mm. Yes. So okay. please. Uh, oh, can I say Bodie? What a cop out! What a cop out! Superstitions. Have you got any? As a Heaps. player, as a player first, Heaps. and then as a coach. I'm a cricketer, so we have superstitions. It's just part and parcel what you do. Yep, I would do a circuit, the same circuit every uh, morning of the game, and I had to keep beating my time as the season goes on. So I'd sort of sandbag the first few circuits to make sure that I get, <laughs> get there at the end. Because yeah, you coaches usually have a big night the night before. Too, <laughs> <don't you? laughs> Fabricated, right? Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you, Leon McDonald. We better get out of here while we can. That was the conversation. Our Super Rugby Aotearoa coaches preseason. You can find us wherever you get good podcasts on the Sky Sport presents uh, social media pages, and of course here on Sky Sports. Stay with us for more from the conversation.